Ladies and gentlemen, this is America's Healthcare Advocate Show. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show. Separating fact from fiction. We're going to repeal it and replace it, and and it'll be great health care for much less money. We can have the benefits that were promised to them without any change whatsoever. But if we keep kicking the can down the road, keep digging the hole deeper, burying that deficit more, that's much harder to keep that kind of a commitment. Broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Uh, Susan Tom from Kansas City, Missouri. Marsha from Pittsburgh. My very special guest today, Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Welcome back, Grace Marie. Well, Carrie, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I do have to say, you are the most knowledgeable about health policy, just superlative. And now, ladies and gentlemen, America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Our producer, Mr. Ron Moore. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us and making us one of the most listened talk shows throughout the United States. 152 affiliates strong. Thanks to all of you in the listening audience. Our two newest affiliates, WNWFAM in Destin, Florida, and WZGMAM in Asheville, North Carolina. I want to welcome them to the family um, and thank all the wonderful people over at our syndicator, Radio America, Juanita Davis, who does a great job for us of promoting our show and getting it out there across the country. So once again, thanks to all the folks um, at Radio America and welcome to our two new affiliates in Florida, North Carolina. If you want to learn more about us, our website is americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. All the shows are posted up there on a podcast. So this show today, which is going to be the third in our series on Medicare for All, we have a very special guest joining us uh, from the Heritage Foundation today in Washington, D.C. That's the topic we're going to be talking about. Once again, as I said, the show will be posted on the podcast. Um, if you want to tell someone about it or listen to it again, whatever the case may be. Also, if you want to uh, befriend me on Facebook, you can do that at Carrie Hall, C-A-R-Y-H-A-L-L, or America's Healthcare Advocate. Either one of those two. There are two Facebook pages. Yeah, I know. I don't know why there are two, but there are, and I just do what they tell me to do. So anyway, having said that, uh, you can go to that Facebook page if you like. Uh, lots of information is up there as well. So joining me by phone today from Washington, D.C., Meridian Paulton uh, from the Heritage Foundation. She is an expert on the subject of Medicare and this whole issue of Medicare for All. Uh, I am thrilled to have you on board. Welcome, Meridian. Well, glad to join you. Thanks for having me. Well, I, you know, as I said, this is our third in the series that we're doing on Medicare for All. And I'm just going to kind of frame this once again for the audience, and then you and I will start discussing this um, uh, in, in a lot more detail. So what's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and I, and I told you this in the last two broadcasts. This is a serious topic. It deserves serious discussion. Um, I don't see this as a political issue. I see this as a national issue that affects everybody out there. Um, because it affects the healthcare system, the delivery of healthcare, what you're going to get, how you're going to get it, uh, and who's going to pay for it. So th- those are all part of this discussion. There is a big movement in this country right now, and I and I told you that this is going to continue all the way through 2020 when we have the election. That that there are a host of people 
uh, in government who believe this is the way we should go. Um, this discussion started way back when with Obamacare. Uh, that was stage one. Um, and now we're in stage two, which is the new discussion of Medicare for All framed by uh, Bernie Sanders. If you go up on his website, uh, there's all that information is up there, how he envisions this program working, et cetera. And today um, we have a whole series of politicians from Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, Beto O'Rourke, Bernie Sanders, um, Elizabeth Warren, and the, and the governor of uh, California, Gavin Newsom, who all believe that we should have a single payer. And that's what this is, just so we're clear. Medicare for all is a single payer system. So with that little piece of information, if you will, uh, Meridian, uh, once again, welcome. I'm thrilled to have you here. Let's just start with this discussion of single payer systems. Let's talk about single payer systems in some of the countries where they currently exist, like Canada and the UK. So let's start there, Meridian. Yeah, well, those are those are two great examples of, of what, what a single-payer system is and uh, what what uh, this Medicare for All movement is striving toward. Um, so in Canada, you have something very similar to the current Medicare for All proposals where um, it's uh, everyone is on the government program for their health care, and you can't go outside of that program. Um, so, so in other words, this is, this is not an option for you to, to take this. This is um, something that you have the government health care. You can't go outside of it to get private insurance. You can't go outside of it to meet with a private doctor. Um, the UK has something very similar, but they have they have some exceptions where, where you can get certain um, private health care. Um, but, but in both cases, and, and as we're looking at the current Medicare for All proposals, the basic idea is that everyone is on this government health care program, and you can't get out of it. And, and, and that's exactly interesting, and I can't remember which one of the uh, current nominees uh, for president and or the governor of California, whichever one uh, made the comment that the whole idea behind this was, in fact, I, I know exactly who it was. It was the congressman who heads the caucus, which is the Medicare for All caucus. They have a caucus now that is focused strictly on this issue. And when she was asked the question, will you be able to buy Medicare supplements or Medicare Advantage plans, those of us that are chronologically challenged, me, uh, not you, obviously, Meridian, but me, uh, having said that, uh, currently have access to supplemental plans. I have a Medicare supplement. She said, absolutely not. We're going to get rid of all of that. The, the whole purpose of the system is to do exactly what you just said. Everyone will be on this system, and there will be uh, no exceptions to that. Am I correct in assuming that? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that, that even applies to just going to meet one-on-one with your doctor. In fact, um, this has been a, a significant problem, even in the UK, where, like I said, they, they have a, a little bit more wiggle room than Canada. Um, there was a woman there who uh, had severe back pain, and she, she went to the doctor, got a referral for to, to see a specialist, found out she was going to have to wait six months uh, to get care for her severe back pain, and uh, she, she couldn't wait six months for that, so she went to a friend who was a doctor, and he agreed that he would take care of her, he, he would give her the treatment. Uh, when the authorities found out about that, they not only told her she couldn't get the treatment from that doctor, which she had already paid for, but they put her back at the bottom of the waiting list and told her she'd have to wait another six months to get her care, just because that was not allowed within the system. That That's the kind of, the the low quality of care that we see in single-payer systems. Yeah, and, and, and it's funny. Back with Medicare for All. Yeah, and, and it's funny, when you look at the polls, the recent Wall Street Journal um, uh, NBC poll, uh, 50% of the people um, uh, 
roughly, um, think that Medicare for all would be a good idea. Now, that's where the number starts. And then when you start getting in the weeds and you start telling people, well, 155 million of you who have private insurance have health insurance through your employer, that's going to go away. And by the way, all of you seasoned citizens out there, um, those of us chronologically challenged that have a Medicare Advantage and a Medicare Supplement, that's going to go away. Um, and, And when you start explaining that to people, those numbers drop like a rock. Um, so I don't. I really don't think the American people quite grasp what what the folks that are that are the proponents of this have in store for them. Do you? Well, I think you're exactly right about that. That um, what's attractive to people is that this sounds simple. It sounds like a way to get everyone care. Um, and and of course, the Medicare program is is, is more popular than say Medicaid. Um, but but you're exactly right. In fact, this, this program not only abolishes, as, as you mentioned, employer-sponsored insurance, it abolishes the Medicaid program. It actually gets rid of Medicare as we know it today. So this isn't really Medicare for all at all. This is, this is an entirely new program. Um, it, it would uh, restrict uh, the, the payments that doctors are getting. Uh, it would restrict the care that you're getting. Um, and uh, ultimately, it's setting up an entirely new system. I think what it's more akin to is uh, the VA or the Indian Health Service. In fact, uh, in Bernie Sanders' version of the bill, uh, those are the only two things he does keep. So while he abolishes every other form of insurance, um, he keeps the VA and the Indian Health Service, which, of course, are notorious uh, for people not getting care, people dying while they're waiting for their care. Um, and yet th- those are the only systems he would keep uh, as he tries to create this whole new system uh, for Americans. Yeah, and, and that's interesting because um, it, 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 so it, it almost sounds to me like what we're doing here uh, from the standpoint of those that are proponents for this is they're using the uh, Medicare here, and we're coming on break, so I'm going to wrap this up and we go out, but it looks like we're using the, 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 the narrative of Medicare when in reality, it's not going to be Medicare at all. It's going to be, as you said, a brand new system that's going, they'll, they'll They'll, you know, maybe they'll use the skeleton of the Medicare system, whatever the case may be, or CMS to administer it. But it's going to be a whole new system because they are going to eliminate private health care. You will not be able to go buy uh, a package outside of that system. So it's going to be completely different. When we come back from the break, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into the weeds a little bit now. I'm going to start talking about what is this going to cost. I'm going to tell you what Bernie Sanders says it's going to cost. And then I'm going to ask Meridian to go through what the Heritage Foundation says it's going to cost and the studies that they've conducted and studies that others have conducted around the country that tag a cost onto this. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate broadcasting on the HI radio network coast to coast across the USA. Stay tuned. I'll be right back with more after the break. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. If you have a question, a suggestion, anything I can help you with, send me an email from that website. I get a couple of hundred a day. I do answer each and every one of them, not always all on the same day, but they do get answered. So feel free to send me an email, americashealthcareadvocate.com. 
My producer, the always perfect Mr. Ron Moore. I'm your host, Kerry Hall. Coming up in this segment, we're going to continue this fascinating conversation with Meridian Paulton, uh, a policy expert from the Heritage Foundation, who is talking to us today. As I said, this is our third in the series, Medicare for All. So we're, we're talking about what is this going to look like? How is it going to impact you? Um, you know, what, what is this going to do if, in fact, um, what a whole host of people uh, in government and out of government want to put in place? So that's that's the topic, Medicare for All. By the way, the website for Heritage Foundation, if you want to, there's a lot of information on their website about this and many, many other topics, heritagefoundation.org heritagefoundation.org. Uh, great, great folks, great place. I had the absolute privilege of being up there last year um, and doing some recording up there and, and, and doing some work up there with the State Financial Officers Foundation. What a magnificent place and what great people um, uh, we had access to, policy experts and folks that were able to talk about anything from the economy to this particular topic. So, all right, Meridian, let's get back to this. So, Let's talk about costs now. We're talking about $32 trillion. That's over a 10-year period. Um, th- th- that's the estimated cost. So there was a gentleman by the name of Ken Thorpe. I see in th- that you had sent me some information um, who happened to be an advisor for President Clinton. So let's talk about what Mr. Thorpe has to say about how this is going to work and what, what he pegs the dollar figure at in terms of how we're going to pay for this if we move to Medicare for All. Yeah, I, I, I love talking about this because, as, as you mentioned, he's, he's not exactly the uh, mascot for conservatism. Um, and yet he looks at the, the cost here to, to you as an individual. And it's really remarkable because I think it's easy for us to think about, OK, $32 trillion is a lot of money, but we can't really conceptualize what that means for us. Um, but here's, here's what it actually means for you. If you think about your current payroll taxes, that 15 percent that's coming out of your paycheck every week, I want you to add another 20% to that. So add, add another 20 cents on every single dollar that you make. You now have 35 cents on every dollar that you make. That's how much it would cost you to fund Medicare for all at a minimum. And it, it, could, it could go higher on that depending on, the, for instance, if we were to adopt this uh, House bill that, that recently came out, the new Medicare for all bill, um, it has all kinds of added costs that would still have to be funded somehow. And who's funding that? You through your payroll taxes. I mean, even Bernie Sanders acknowledges that ultimately this is going to be coming through a combination of uh, income and payroll taxes. Um, so, so you're looking at an extra $0.35 cents on every dollar that you make. In reality, that means that the vast majority of working Americans will actually be paying more on this system than they're paying today in high health care premiums. So if you think your health care premiums are high right now, just wait until you have to pay the taxes on this system. Uh, th- that, th- that's what uh, Dr. Thorpe found. I think it's uh, truly, truly astounding and should be an eye-opener for people who are looking for lower costs. You know, and, and, and that's fascinating because, you know, the, the mantra has been that we're going to tax the rich and they're going to pay for this. And I've said this in the previous two shows that I've done. There aren't enough rich people in this country to pay for this thing. It's just it's not. Exactly, you, you, exactly right. you, you can tax them to hell and back and take everything they have and you still won't have enough money to pay for this. So it is going to land squarely on the middle class. And that's exactly what you're telling me in Dr. Thorpe's study um, uh, at Emory University. That's exactly what he's saying is it is going to land squarely on the middle class yes 
Well, the, the, yes, that's exactly right. Those those are the people who are paying our taxes so, uh, today. That's, that's each and every one of us, and we'll still be the people who are paying the taxes for this Medicare for all later on. Here's the real problem, though, with it is not just that it's it's going to cost you all this money. That that's that's a huge problem, but it's what you're getting in return for it um, is is really terrible quality. I mean, you look at uh, other countries as we talked about before that have single payer, you know, Canada, the UK. Um, in Canada in 2017, there were people on wait lists for over a million procedures, and many of those people waiting upwards of six months to get care. Um, if you needed to get a hip or a knee replacement, good luck with that. Get in line because you're going to be waiting several months to get that hip or knee replacement. If you need mental health care, you could be waiting up to two years in some parts of Canada to get that mental health care. And if you're looking to get just a routine surgery, good luck with that. In the U.K., they had to cancel over 85,000 surgeries in just one year. And all of this goes back to the way that this is financed, the way that it's structured, and the kind of system that the left wants to bring to us in Medicare for All. Yeah, and here's the thing I don't understand. Where, where is the model that shows this is going to work? So let, let's talk about the two models we have in this country. The VA. I, I have a VA card. I'm in the Agent Orange program, a Vietnam veteran. Um, and I can tell you that, and I don't use it um, because I can afford health insurance and, and, and private health care, which is significantly better. But you, you, everyone knows the scandals, the, 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 the veterans that waited six months, a year, those that died while they were trying to get care. Now, some of that's changing. You know, President Trump's done a lot to let veterans go outside and get private health care, et cetera. But, you know, that model is, if that's what you're going to look at, look at how it was delivered. You know, there's a there's a tagline I'd like to take credit for, but I don't think I can. I don't know who who, who came up with this. It said, you know, Medicare for all or, or, or single payer system will be delivered with the efficiency of the post office and the compassion of the IRS. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, I mean seriously, you when, you when you and then the Indian healthcare. Oh, have you ever been on a reservation and see the level of health care they have and how it works it's pathetic okay well uh, you're, you're right it, it, it's, it's terrible and uh, not not to mention that it runs out of money every year in about july um so then then you have uh, people who are are left without care on that system and uh, exactly what we're seeing in other countries um and you mentioned on the va too i think an important point that um, not only is it fraught with scandal uh, but also, the, for, for the veterans who are doing fine and are happy and healthy, it's not because of the VA. It's because they have an option to get out. It's yeah. because they have the option of private health insurance like you have. Uh, that simply wouldn't be a reality under Medicare for All to all those veterans who served our country. Well, I'm sorry. You, you'd be stuck on the VA plan, and your only other option would be the medical plan that everybody else is on that's modeled after something like the VA. Yeah. Uh, there's simply no way out. No, unfortunately, there's not. And that's the sad That's the sad thing about this. And we're coming on the break here as we wrap up this segment. You know, folks, that, that's the point I want to get across to you. First of all, there is no free lunch. You heard Meridian just cite this study uh, by Dr. Ken Thorpe out of Emory University, a former Clinton uh, official in the Clinton administration who talked about that, that, that 20% uh, additional tax uh, uh, in payroll to pay for this. Um, and we come back to the break. We'll, we'll talk a little more about that. But I just want folks to understand when you hear this facade of Medicare for all, 
it's a single payer system. It's not going to be the Medicare system. It's going to be something completely different. And it's certainly not going to be the level of care you're getting now. We'll talk more about that when I come back from the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. Stay tuned. We're going to be back with more. My guest, Meridian Paulson from the Heritage Foundation, right after the break. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the Fruited Plain here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Lots of information up there. There are videos up there on various types of health insurance and plans. If you're interested in learning, you want to understand Medicare better, maybe you want to understand uh, group health insurance, whatever the case may be, lots of stuff on the website. You can go uh, take a look at all that. Also, my guest Today, obviously, Meridian Paulson, uh, Paulton, rather, from the Heritage Foundation Policy Expert on Healthcare uh, and this Medicare for All topic. Their website, heritagefoundation.org, heritagefoundation.org, a wealth of information on a host of topics um, if you uh, want to take the time to go up there and, and and learn a little bit more about the Heritage Foundation, some of the great work that they do. So, all right. So welcome back again, Meridian. We're going to continue this conversation. So this is interesting because on Bernie Sanders' website, um, he says that the cost of health insurance in this company, country is $6,273. That's what it costs folks today. I think that's actually low, but nonetheless, we'll go with Bernie's number. Uh, And then Bernie says that when he puts in Medicare for all, it's only going to cost $472. So you're going to save $5,807. I'm not sure I can square that when I go back and I look at Dr. Thorpe saying, oh, payroll tax goes up to 35%. You're exactly right. It's the the math is a little bit skewed, uh, and the reason for that being uh, twofold, really. The 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 first uh, this number that he cites of I think he said six thousand or so um, is looking at uh, what the employee portion is uh, when you have employer sponsored insurance. Ah, uh, so of okay. course your your employer pays about two thirds of that. Right. Um, so the actual number is is closer is closer to eighteen thousand. Um, and that's that's actually the the cost that you're really looking at. You're only you're only paying the the six thousand portion of that um, out of out of pocket. Yeah, it's funny. Bernie um, didn't put that on the website. I just in case. No, isn't that yeah. funny? <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, he touts that as, as as savings to the employer, but it's not really. It's just passed on to you in the cost of taxes, um, and not to mention some some corporate taxes that uh, Sanders wants to impose. Uh, but the the second issue, and I, I think maybe this is the, the bigger problem, um, is is you're right that uh, no, you're not going to be paying four hundred dollars. And you know, of co- of course, I'm I'm sure our Bernie Sanders can come up with some very specific example for us of exactly how someone in a certain in- income bracket can come to that. But the va- for the vast majority of Americans, that's that's simply not true. Um, so uh, as I said, if you're when you look at your current taxes, it's 15%, 15 cents on every dollar. You're going to add another 20 cents at least on every dollar. Yep. 
Uh, and that, to, and that, I think, right, and that's what people need to understand. L- let's shift gears here a minute. Let's because this is the other issue that I don't think people really get. And and uh, we, I chatted with you about this on the break during the Obama uh, Care debate. The the doctors and the hospitals kind of sit on the sidelines. AMA came out and endorsed Obamacare, and everybody threw rocks at the health insurance companies um, because they're all boogeymen. And 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 so you know Obamacare got passed, and that you know we can see how that's worked out. Having said that, um, this time they're not on the sidelines, Meridian. This time I see doctors and hospitals, American Medical Association, American Hospital Association. They're heavily engaged in this conversation, and they are not for. Medicare for all. So why would that be? Well, yeah, I think I think there's two two big reasons. Um, one is uh, simply a, a fiscal consideration that yes, their payment it would get substantially cut by this. Um, but that actually matters uh, for you as a patient. I think it's easy to think that um, you know that kind of payment structure just means that life is cheaper for everyone. That's not that's not entirely the case. Uh, if you look currently at uh, the Medicaid or even the Medicare program itself. Um, where physicians are paid less and they have to do an enormous amount of paperwork just to get whatever payment it is um, to, to file all that with the government. Um, many times those physicians simply won't accept patients who have Medicaid or Medicare. It's especially bad in the Medicaid program, which is more similar to what Bernie Sanders uh, would have, um, where these doctors are, are getting paid a very small percentage of the regular market rate. Um, and then on top of it, as I said, in order to just get that small percentage, uh, they have to file oodles of paperwork uh, to do that. So, so this really uh, creates a huge challenge, both administratively and fiscally, for uh, our friends in physicians. Yeah, yeah and, and it's interesting because one of the things that Bernie Sanders says on his website is that, yes, he admits that doctors and hospitals are going to be reimbursed less. He doesn't say how much less. I can certainly quantify that. But having said that, one of the things that he says is, well, they're going to make up for it because they're going to spend nearly as much time filing paperwork with insurance companies. Oops. Go ask the doctor how much time they spend filing paperwork with CMS and Medicare when they, when they service Medicare patients. So to your point, um, you're going to replace one system with a different system. There's still going to be paperwork. There's still going to be requirements. You're still going to have to go through a process uh, in order to bill and get paid. But so, 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 so that's not going to go away and that's not going to change. But here's the other thing. You know, private health insurance reimburses at a level that is 70 to 175 percent greater than Medicare, not Medicaid, Medicare. And having said that, when you take away that money, that's that that 155 million in this country that that are on employer-sponsored health care, you're going to shrink access. We've already got what is it, 50,000 doctors that are refusing to take Medicare patients now. I think the number's somewhere around there. Um, so, so where are we going to be when you shrink that payment program down? And what's that going to do to putting doctors in a pipeline uh, for specialty, you know, neurologists, OBGYNs, oncologists, uh, you know, go through the list. What, what is that going to do? Well, it's inevitably going to be driving uh, physicians out of the system or at least uh, uh, making it a, a lot less uh, desirable practice environment uh, for, for those physicians. And we've already seen this in other countries, um, particularly in the UK. Um, so if, if you look back a, a couple of years ago, they had some uh, major problems with their emergency rooms where doctors were getting paid uh, very, very little. Um, they, they were getting 
so, so, so if you compare to the nurses' wages, uh, for instance, in the UK, it was uh, somewhere close to half of what a, a similar nurse would be getting paid in the US. Um, so so they're, they're getting paid very little to begin with. Um, and then because the system is uh, very cost-controlled, that means that uh, just by, by virtue of that, there's less physicians in any one hospital, in any one uh, medical practice, uh, because the government doesn't want to pay as many of them. That means longer hours for these doctors, which means more mistakes, uh, which means uh, just more more tense practice environments. And as a result, um, about one in four of these emergency room doctors were leaving to go practice in other countries because they simply didn't want to put up with it anymore. Wow. Um, I saw a news article recently of some doctors who they didn't want to leave for another country, but they decided they would rather go work for the local supermarket, and they did. They chose to work for the local supermarket rather than continue their medical practice because it simply wasn't worth the strain, and uh, both financially and uh, just in terms of the stress levels. You know, that's remarkable. I mean, really seriously. I mean, it's funny in, in one sense to hear, you know, they would rather go work in a supermarket than be doctors after all the training in school they go through in the whole nine yards. But it, obviously <clears throat> that system isn't working all that well and doesn't continue to work all that well uh, if that if that's what they're dealing with. And I assume that, that there, there's got to be a similar set of circumstances in Canada. Am I right or wrong about that? Well, you're, you're, you are right that that's uh, definitely a problem. I don't, I don't think it's as, as prevalent of an issue. They have, like I said, a little bit different financing structure there. don't hear about it as much. Um, but the bigger problem there is that uh, they simply ration the care. And so, so the focus is more on restricting the number of doctors and then also restricting how much they're working. So that, that has uh, huge problems for the patient. Um, so as I mentioned before, just these atrocious wait times that you'll hear about in Canada, up to two years for your mental health care, months and months to wait for a hip or knee replacement. A lot of that comes from the fact that rather than getting into a doctor immediately and putting the stress on the doctor, instead they put the stress on the patient and say, well, you'll have to wait for several months to get into that rare doctor that we have. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because there, there, uh, I've said this on the show many times, there are two things that drive the cost of healthcare: unit cost and utilization. So how do you control cost? Well, you just, you just, you just explained it by, you called it rationing, uh, but you control the amount of care people are going to be able to get by controlling the amount of care. Therefore, you, you control the cost to some degree, and that allows uh, the government to, to run the system the way they choose well, to run it, which exactly means you're, right you're going to wait. These single-payer systems really do run on a very strict cost-benefit analysis um, in, in a really dangerous way. You know, one, one example that uh, our friend Ocasio-Cortez likes to cite is Sweden, which is not, not strictly speaking a single-payer system, but it has some of those elements. Um, and one of their core tenets of their healthcare system is a cost-benefit analysis, by which they mean that if the cost of your care is worth more in their eyes than the cost of your life, then they'll choose to protect their money instead of protecting your life. <laughs> yeah, these are the and, things and that, that's just the reality. Yeah, yeah, these are the things that folks don't know. When we come back from the break, ladies and gentlemen, we'll wrap this up. We have one more segment left with our guest, Meridian Paulton from the Heritage Foundation. Stay tuned. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting on the HIE Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA.
Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Joining me from Washington, D.C., Meridian Paulton from the Heritage Foundation, policy expert on the topic of Medicare for All. Their website, heritagefoundation.org, heritagefoundation.org. Ton of information up there. Great place to go if you want to learn They've got a lot of educational materials up there. So let's go back to this comment about Sweden a minute because AOC uses that as an example. A couple of things I think the audience needs to understand. Number one, there are 10 million people in Sweden, not 385 million, okay, in a country the size of the state of Texas. So it's a little different deal from size and geography. Here's the other thing that's fascinating. I read a recent article about their healthcare system. They have a thing called Nordic Gold. Nordic gold is the trust the people of Sweden have in their government and their government's ability to deliver a service to them. What do you think it would be like if we asked that question in this country, Meridian? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think it'd qualify as Nordic gold. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, Uh, Yeah. I kind of doubt it. Yeah, I kind of doubt it. So, yeah, Sweden, Sweden, Japan, and Israel are three that people like to quote. You need to look at those societies and how they work and how they – we are not them, and we're not going to be them. All right, so now we've laid out all the problems and the things we see with this. Let's talk about a solution, and the Heritage Foundation has proposed a solution called Healthcare Choices Proposal. Let's tell the audience what that means. Yeah, well, you know, if – I think there's legitimate frustrations that people have with our healthcare system. Maybe that's that's what's uh, undergirding this drive toward Medicare for all is that people are frustrated that their healthcare costs are high. In the individual market, the premiums doubled um, in just a few years. Thank you, Obamacare. Um, Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, choices are low, too. People don't really have control over their healthcare anymore. I mean, you look at the um, individual market in some places, people have one choice of an insurer, which is, no choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that frustrates people because uh, your health care is the most personal thing about you. You know, as every other market is moving uh, more toward personalization and trying to make every product customized to exactly what you are, for some reason in healthcare we're driving toward the exact opposite. And Medicare for all would just double down on that, removing choice completely from you and from, from you and your doctor um, and remove, uh, just continuing to drive up these costs to you as an individual. So the healthcare choices proposal uh, aims to do the opposite of that. It aims to bring choices back down to you, put put, uh, these decisions in your hands, um, and to drive down the cost of healthcare or the the cost of your premiums rather than increasing that cost even more. Um, And the way it does this is uh, really pretty simple. It says that instead of bailing out insurers, um, we're going to focus on... uh, Via, via the vehicle of the state, um, bringing these choices back to you, targeting um, assistance toward the individuals who actually need it the most, um, and requiring everyone or re- requiring states to ensure that everyone has a choice um, of their health care plan. So that doesn't matter if you're in Medicaid, if you're, you're stuck in a difficult uh, government health care program you still have the option to get out and get private care. That's something that doesn't exist today, but that's something that we want to see um, under the Healthcare Choices proposal. 
Yeah. So, and that's interesting because um, you know, you know, you know, the response to that from the folks that are proponents of Medicare for all is you're going to bring back, and this is the thing that it just drives me nuts. You're going to bring back pre-existing conditions. Can you address that <laughs> issue because that is the biggest yes. red herring out there? Yes. So, so please address that. Yes. Well, first off, um, <laughs> I think you you allude to it. I mean, in some sense, everyone has a pre-existing condition, right? That that's that's the that's the argument that the left is, is trying to make here. Um, no, the the healthcare choices proposal um, retains protections for the sick. That's that's not a non-issue here, um, and that that really is a, a red herring that the left would try to bring up. Um, in fact, what the healthcare choices proposal does is it says that um, we need to target those who actually need assistance um, because currently. Uh, all, vast majority of our money is going to bail out insurers, to bail out those in control, to take control out of the hands of the individual and put it in the hands of bureaucrats. And that's not what we want. Um, in, instead, we say that, um, all right, if, if a state is going to, to get this money for its health care system, it has to target the money uh, towards the, the sick and the poor um, and toward getting everyone choices, toward bolstering the private insurance market so that you're not trapped in a system that, leaves you without a doctor, like the Medicaid system can sometimes do, so that you're not trapped in a place where you only have one choice, a.k.a. no choice of an insurer, but instead that you have choices of what kind of insurance you're going to get, of, or maybe not even insurance, of, of what other coverage options you're going to pursue that best meet your needs for your family. Uh, that's the kind of policy vision that the healthcare choices proposal has, the, the, the vision for um, allowing people to make the decisions that are best for them at a cost that's lower to them as well. So in in a nutshell, basically what you're doing is you're saying to the states, here is a block grant for X number of dollars. In order to access this money, you're going to have to make sure you're providing care to those people at the bottom of the uh, of the ladder that don't have access to that care or who are currently getting a subsidy. Because if you're getting a subsidy right now in Obamacare and it's 90 percent, you're happy. So, you know, so 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 basically what you're saying is we're, we're going to take care of those people. But the other folks who are the people, especially in the private health and insurance market where they're not on a group health insurance plan. They can't even buy health insurance now because the mm-hmm. cost has gotten so ridiculous. You're going you're gonna to change that and open that marketplace up to allow people to do what they need to do. It sounds like it might make a lot of sense, and it certainly would be worth taking a look at. So thank you very much for coming on today and doing this. I hope to have you back. I'm certain we'll be more discussions about this, Meridian. I'd be happy to do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the topic's going to go away anytime soon, do you? I don't think it will. <laughs> no, probably not. Well, thank Thank you again. She is Meridian Paulson from the Heritage Foundation, a policy expert on the subject of health care and a single payer system. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I leave you with this thought from Albert Einstein. The one who follows the crowd will usually get no further than the crowd. The one who walks alone is likely to find himself in place and no one has ever been. Remember, friends, it's a funny thing about life. If you refuse to accept anything but the very best, you most often get it. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show here on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Goodbye, America. Well, back home, I know,